0: This is Grind Season. I'm Jason Smith, one of your two co-hosts here on Grind Season and co-host of the Jason John Midday Radio Show here in Memphis on 92.9 FM ESPN and Odyssey Station. And this is my co-host, more importantly, Anthony Sane, a man who's covered the Memphis Grizzlies in and written and podcast form for, what, saying, the last nine years now? Yeah, and nine years, guys- man.
1: I, I started when my son Gabe was in his mother's womb. And, and so that's how I know how long I've been doing this, man. He just celebrated his ninth birthday last week. So, yeah, it's
0: been been nine years in the grind, man. For those of you all who don't know us yet or or from outside of Memphis, you will soon find out that Anthony Sane is the talent here on grind season. I am just humbled to be here uh, in this first episode one. Saying this, this feels historic, baby. It feels, it feels, it good, feels good, man. Historic. History in the making, man. History, History in making. is in the making. We yep. got our own podcast. Where were you remember when the- you heard the first episode of Grind Season? Remember where, where you were could- you? Maybe yeah. one day they'll remember saying. Maybe one yeah. day they I know one thing we'll remember uh is what John Morant did last season, uh moving mm-hmm. into all you know all star and superstar status, and he's got the Grizzlies mm-hmm. off to a four and one start here on the early season. We're going to talk about that here in episode one of Grind Season. Our early impressions of the team, John Morant. One of your leading scores in the NBA feels like it's just another leap up, doesn't it? Saying to right, the next right. step up, the NBA superstardom for him. We'll yeah. talk about that. Obviously, the team's been out with Jaron Jackson and will continue to be for the time being. We'll talk about yeah. we'll talk about who stepped up right oh, in yeah. Jaron's spot and everything else. We'll move on. The Dylan Brooks question. Sane and I have have begun to tackle this one too on my radio show. You know, what's yeah. his future? With the Memphis Grizzlies. I think Sane agrees. That's one of the big looming questions over this team this season. Hey, you know, do something with Dylan Brooks by trade deadline? Do you do it like you did with Tyus and Kyle Anderson last Mm -hmm. year? Let it play out. We'll see. We'll talk about it. What's the plan with Dylan Brooks? And then finally, we'll close out episode one with who brought that season in, baby? I mean, SZN. And y'all know Sane's responsible for the flavor. Gonna be a look back at our standouts. Over the past five games here in this edition, and then a look ahead to what the Grizzlies have got coming up. We know they're headed into Utah for a mm-hmm. couple of games, so that's the show, uh, at least the plan for right now. Who knows where it'll go when we got Anthony Sane in the building? But but yes, saying, right. let me let me let me start you here. Mm-hmm. First impressions just of this Memphis Grizzlies group through five games now, where they're at now at four and one. Uh, two words, Jason: breathing easy
1: um coming to the season a lot of us had of course the concerns you lose Anthony Melton you lose Kyle Anderson um you knew that coming into the season you also knew that coming to the season Jaron Jackson Jr. wouldn't be here you know for whatever amount of time what we didn't know is that you also would be without Dylan Brooks and without right. Zaire Williams to start the season and that the guy who was replacing both of those guys John Conchar he would miss you know I mean he, he's missed a game so far um and to be four and one to beat a team like Brooklyn, who they're, they're struggling right now. Uh, Brooklyn is not playing up to their potential, but you know that team should get, get it together. Um, to have the record you have early without Jaren, any wins you get without Jaren is phenomenal. And to look the way that we're looking so far, with, with like you said, with John Morant taking another leap on top of what was already an all-star, uh, all-star starter leap, a second-team All-NBA leap, NBA Most Improved Player Award leap, to see him going to another level, getting in the gym, regardless of some of the uh, uh, complaints you hear about, the criticisms you hear about Ja. Like, like, you know, people were talking about, you know, we see him partying, we see him drinking, we see him doing this and the other, but what work has he put in? Has he been in the lab? Has he been in the gym? And we see that Ja Morant clearly was in the gym this summer. That three-point shot is uh, looking phenomenal. He was shooting 60% going into yesterday's game against the Kings. And now we see uh, he's – Shooting the ball at a very high clip and it makes him a very scary player. Like I said, I'm breathing easy. I I believe this team is fine. Jaron Jackson Jr., when the reports came out, we thought we were just hoping we could see him by Christmas. And then that turned into hey, man, if I were to bet the under, I would bet Thanksgiving. And now people are saying, hey, start looking around Halloween time for when, you know, Jaron should come back. And that's and that's soon. Jaron put out a cryptic tweet. On his burner account, <laughs> we call it his burner account. It's really his music account. A lot of people don't know that it's Jaron Jackson Jr. behind it, but he put something about November in there. November's a long month, but uh, if we get Jaron Jack- Jackson back in the next few weeks on top of what they're doing now, that that breathing easy can be, you know, breathing very good, being
0: excited about what this team could do uh, going forward in the season. See, I'm glad you brought up Jaron, saying because it feels mm-hmm. like to me that right now you are going game to game. In terms of judging, right? Mm-hmm what this Grizzlies team will be, we can't do that now. We can't do it until right. Jaron Jackson's back. You get him it on with the core. Now that you've got Dylan Brooks back in the fold for a couple of games, hopefully he's back in for good. But we don't know what they'll be to that point. Right now, this is a Grizzlies team that's 29th in defense. We know that last year with Jaron mm-hmm. Jackson in the fold for a full season – you're you're sixth in defense and in, in defensive rating right the NBA. Mm-hmm. So right now, I mean, I, I I tell you more. You know, I know some people have looked at the Grizzlies' numbers defensively, been a little concerned. I, I'm with you. I, I'm not concerned at no, all. About, I know no. defensively what this team is going to be will be defined once jaron Jackson is right. back. And right now, it's just about piling up as many wins as you can with him out, with Santi Aldama right. holding it down. A guy who is probably going to be you know rotation player, sure. But not a guy you necessarily had to rely on. He's coming through for you and starts. You want to do, you know, allow him to hold it down, get, get, pile up as many wins as you can till you get to that point, Thanksgiving, whatever it's going to be, early in that. Right. Hopefully, hey, hopefully get him back a little after Halloween, whatever it's going to be. Then, then you're whole and you could figure mm-hmm. out what this team's going to be. But it's offensively saying, Even with, you know, with Jaron out, with Dylan out for three of these five games, Zaire Williams, a rotation piece, have been out. They've been mm-hmm. fourth. And a lot of that's because of your guy. Ja Morant and how efficiently he's doing mm-hmm. it, taking that next step up, man. It's been yeah, phenomenal exactly. to watch. It's been phenomenal to watch with with Ja and just how, I don't know, mature for, you know, beyond his years, he seems to be. Yeah. A guy that, you know, closing out the nets the way they did him and Bane. it just looks like a guy who's been playing in the league for seven, eight years and is yeah. just in control at all times. It's been a He, he has to
1: watch. a Ja has a maturity well beyond his years. And you're talking about a guy who, it's already being respected by some of the all-time greats who see the game a different way than we do as fans. Yep. People who are calling him one of the smartest point guards of all time. You know what I mean? And he has a unique blend of – Ja's unique blend of a lot of stuff on and off the court. We talk about this all the time. But Ja has a unique blend of having supernatural athleticism. He has athleticism. If you look at him you're like, okay, he's athletic as Derrick Rose was, you know, at the peak of his career. And then he's got – a court vision like a Chris Paul, a leadership like a Chris Paul. He's shooting the ball from three now, which is <laughs> insane. It's
0: insane.
1: Right. And he's got, you know, he's got a floater. He can handle the ball well. He's got super high basketball IQ. He's literally something you've never seen before. And he plays with a flair that that the, the flair that he plays with, you would think that he would make more many more mistakes than what he does on the court but there are times where we say okay jolly you don't didn't have to make that pass but it's not like he's killing the team with the things that he does and um when you got a guy like that your floor is very high and then you got a guy who, like in jaron jackson jr who covers a multitude of sins on defense like we've seen happening years past because there was one constant last year we talked about this this morning on the jason and john show when i came on we were talking about is it dylan that makes the defense good or is it jaron that makes the defense good I Want to say Dylan only played less than 30 games last year 24 games, something like that. The entire season, Jaron Jackson Jr. played every game except for four games last year. He was the constant, he was the player that was there. Uh, and when he got going and when he came and got it, led the league in blocks, these type of things that's when our our, our defense really took up, took off. When you got a guy like that that's a rim protector, um, uh, like Jaron is uh, a guy who I believe should have been. Uh, defensive player of the year, would have been the youngest defensive player of the year in history, beating out Dwight Howard. When you got a guy like that on the team, you're talking about a guy who really impacts change. And this year with with Desmond Bain taking the leap that looks like he's taken. you know what I mean? He's getting ready to take again. When you got your two primary scorers in Ja and Bain, your two playmakers, because watching Desmond Bain turn to a guy who was a spot-up shooter his rookie year coming off the bench, to a guy who's your secondary playmaker scorer on this team. Yeah. It's phenomenal. You know what I mean? When you got those type of, two of those guys on your team, two guys who in a matchup this Monday in the FedEx forum on a Monday night, we watched Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, two of the greatest ISO scorers in the history of the NBA. <laughs> Not in today's NBA, two of the greatest ISO scorers in the history of the NBA. We watched those two guys be outdued by two young guns on our team, John Morant, Desmond Bain. We watched that in the FedEx Forum. Our two guys outscored those guys, and we got the dub, and we got the win. That's a phenomenal thing to see. And I think that once every, everything, everyone else gels in, every, uh, Dylan Brooks finds his role with the team, once those things happen, then you get the block Panther, Jaron Jackson Jr., number 13, first team all defense. When he gets back, I think the sky's the limit for this team, and I think they know that. I think they know Jaron's coming soon. I think he's coming around the corner. And it's going to be scary hours, so to speak, in the city members Memphis.
0: To, to your point on, on, on Bane and, and, and John, sort of where that mm-hmm. is right now. You, you you talked on Bain, who, what, 14? He's really broken out of, started slow, mm-hmm. obviously, first three games, last two, right. 14 of 19 from three, 69. Say that combined. number again, man. That right. sounds
1: freaking, we, we can curse. That sounds, I don't, I don't feel like cursing. Though. It feels Four, incredible, man. 14, 14, 14 of 19. 19
0: from three. Four, eight, eight uh uh yeah uh, eight and one game against the Nets obviously and at mm-hmm. six in the other twenty five of thirty nine overall but more so to your point too he's been a that secondary playmaker you know yeah. a guy who can go out there and give you seven assists you know you you put those two together now and mm-hmm. you can start talking about and saying you and I broached the question about where does this backcourt rank you know Desmond Bain's going to have it we we've talked about this would have it tough in terms of making an all-star team at this point in his career, you feel like just because there are so yep. many Western Conference guards in terms of that that, that hill you'd have to climb. But mm-hmm. if you're talking about two guys who can go out, you mentioned he outscored Duran in that third quarter, whereas that mm-hmm. that 17 for Duran is knocking most out. Bain scores 19. Where would you put this Grizzlies backcourt right now, as young as it is, with Bain and with Job, both as playmakers and scores. How high do they already rank in the league in terms of best backwards? Man,
1: they're up there, man. Like I don't I'm just kind of thinking about it now. Who I'm better? probably over. I'm overlooking some guys, I'm sure for sure. Cleveland has a good one. Um, Delon Anderson. And yeah. Yeah, they're a little to me. But they Chris haven't Paul, had a game where, where Devin Booker too. Don't yeah, you have to put him in there? Call him Booker, Booker for sure. I ain't seen either one of them dudes have a game where two guys damn near had 40 points, though. Like, I, I ain't seen that. And Bane Bain did it again. Bane had 32 or something like that again last night. Um, the, the amount of points those guys are putting up, man, are incredible. I don't know, man. Now that I think about it, probably, probably Paul and Booker for sure. Um, you mentioned DeJount,
0: DeJounte and Trey haven't accomplished enough yet. While, no. the, you know, the all-star appearances no. might be there mm-hmm. in terms of what those guys have proven as a duo, it's, it's mm-hmm. nothing at this point.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, John can keep up with the points wise the way Trey can. Uh, but they're good though. That's a good backcourt. I don't think it fits, which is a whole other conversation. But yeah, John John Bain, man, those dudes scary for sure. And with Don, when you talk about All Star, um, with Donovan Mitchell sliding over to the East, I'm sure that could help Bain's cause a little bit. Dame, we don't know injuries. We don't know how good Portland's gonna be, man. I, I might, I might sleep on this over the weekend when we record episode two, man. I might, I might have a case where Desmond Bain could be an all star this year. I really got to look at some numbers, look at some guys, look at some names to see where he falls into that. But yeah, for I, sure.
0: I think the other story to this four and one star for the Grizzlies, besides you know Jaws mm-hmm. next step, what Bain has mm-hmm. done, really the the last two games have been the way, and you you touched on this. Uh, Santi Aldama has yeah. stepped up. Into Jaron's spot, I don't know that many of us saying I I I certainly was not one of them after Santi no. last year and what thirty some games shoots twelve percent from three was not <laughs> yeah. prepared for him to get and listen it it's not it it's not Jaren Jackson level production. We're talking 11-6 mm-hmm. and six on the average. But you saw him step up with a double-double in the opening game against Julius Randle. And it's not just Santi Aldama. You've seen John Conchar step up into a starting role when Dylan Brooks was out. So it feels mm-hmm. like saying just as much of a part of the story, at least so far for the Grizzlies, as John Bain and everything else they're doing, is what they're getting from role guys. The rookies, we saw Laravia last night go for 13 and 9. Have you been impressed by what you've seen so far from the, the unproven guys right. that the grizzlies right. have asked to step up this season?
1: Yeah, man. I, there was a tweet out that said um teams normally can do one or two of these three things. That's uh get younger, get better, and get cheaper. They said most teams, they get younger or they can get cheaper. Maybe the both of those, but to get younger, cheaper, and better at the same time is unheard of. And the Grizzlies do it all the time. (laughs) They've done it. They've done it three years in a row. They've cut back on salary. They've gotten younger and they've, and they've gotten better every season, which speaks to their level of development. And it's, it's, it's a tried and true formula that they've been doing for the last three years where they draft guys, and I'm looking at Kenneth Lofton. I'm seeing people say, "Oh man, we need to be pay- playing Kenneth Lofton." And I'm like, "Man, leave that bun in the oven. Let that right. kid, let that kid hibernate. Let that, let that big bear hibernate because when he's ready, he's gonna be ready." They did it with John Conchar. when they got him. He spent most of his time in the G League, but when it was time to call him up, he was ready. They put the the, the Grizzlies and the Hustle. They play in the same gym. They they practice in the same gym. They practice on the same floor. They cross each other. They they high-five. They, they fist bump. They they see each other. Mm-hmm. You, let him, you let him spend his time in the G League. And when he's ready, he's ready. That was John Concha. Santi Aldama.
0: Santi, I was just going to say. Let, him, let yeah. him play
1: in the G League. Let him get a couple games in, whatever, when we need him to. But when he's ready, he's ready. And they're going to do it again with Kendall Lofton. Nothing makes me think that they're not going to do the exact same thing with Kendall Lofton that they did with John Concha, that they did with Santi Aldama. And and I think they'll do the same thing with him. Our development system is
0: insane. Is it development? Yeah. It real quick, is it, uh, to ask you: Is it the development system or the players they're picking or perfect blend? It has to, I think it's a perfect both.
1: blend of both, man. Like they 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 have guys that are their type of guy that they know how that they. I don't know if it's uh, the interviews. I don't know if it's certain things, certain analytics to look at on the court. I know they like guys who who do well in uh, uh, steals, blocks, and assists. I know that's something that they're big about. Guys that can keep the ball moving, that are versatile, that can you know that are uh, pests on defense, that can knock down three-point shots. That's something that they're high on. And every guy on that that they acquired this summer, in the draft, fits that criteria. Except for Kendall Lawton. he doesn't fit that criteria at all, um, based on what they like. But um, but you know we've definitely seen him be a phenomenal player. But it's it's the it's the way that they they manage the way that guys get minutes. And it's, and it's wild, man. It's like they know when to play Zion Williams to the point where, okay, he's starting to look terrible. But it's it's like it's, it's at the point where he kills you, but he's not really killing you. Like, oh, I got it. Just like with David Roddy. Like, David Roddy looks absolutely terrible right now. But yeah. we all oh, know. Not,
0: not ready. Yeah. Right.
1: We yeah. all know by the end of the year, David Roddy's going to look like a much better player. Like, there's nothing that makes me think he's not going to be. That's that's We've seen it happen with every one of these dudes. What? It, don't they
0: have to miss though at some point,
1: saying on one of these dudes? I, I, hey, I'm gonna call a miss when I see a miss, man. I thought I, I thought Sante Aldama was terrible. I, I thought did, that, did, dude that, was that, that was the one I was, yeah, was totally yeah That really was a guy, yeah. He sucks, but man, that dude's out there looking like low budget palcas all out there, man. Slim Spain, Slim Spain, like for real. Like he's looking like he's looking like a great value Pal Gasol. If y'all seen the movie with Adam Sandler and and um Whatever the kid, the Bo Cruz, that's, that's, he's James, freaking Bo Cruz.
0: <sighs>
1: like no, he's Santi, out there Santi him, he has out been him. a revelation
0: and it's a yeah. credit to their, their developmental program man. and the, the way and they pick. Imagine
1: players. when Jaren comes back. Imagine when Jaren comes back, Smith. What Santi will be doing on you're that. Bringing, right. Mm-hmm. If he could if he can get minutes at the five, like if, if him and Brandon Clark are your backups and you got Jaren and Adams as your starters, or you can come back and go Jaren and, and, and Santi, or Jaren and BC or BC and whatever you're doing, when you've got those interchangeable bigs at the four and the five, if Santi's good as he looks now, which he is, it just makes our reserves that much more incredible
0: going forward. How and then in a couple
1: of years, there? you got this monster Kenneth Long you're about to come from the G League. it has got my head spinning.
0: But I just saw, you know, I saw Santi had a little swag to him too. Got a nice yeah. little attitude to him too when things are going. How much of, of that too is affected by Ja? You know, I think a lot of it is. When Jai's got confidence in you or believes in you, as he seems to with a lot of these young guys, mm-hmm. if it, it, it feels like that whole "Hey, I'm in the room with greatness. I'm not gonna let greatness down. So, mm-hmm. let, or be the reason greatness lose. Let so let me be my best self." It feel we literally see that from Jai in year four. How you know the impact on making guys better. It's taken you know it's taken Hall of Famers years and years to learn All how right. to do that. Jai, it seems like Jai just was born with it but you you feel like that's been some of the impact to the development of the I mean Bane's emergence last year and everything else right. you know when you've got job believing in you feels like these guys can be their best selves that's a that's that's the other part of being a superstar right. a,
1: a part of of something that's understated with this Grizzlies team is that guys don't have egos <laughs> when you have guys that are all close to being the same age they're literally all pulling for each other you know what I mean and you don't have like this old ass man who's <coughs> I don't want I don't want this kid to shine because he might take my spot.
0: You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's none of that. Yeah.
1: yeah none of that. Everybody jaw wants to see other guys excel. You know what I mean? And and it and, and it bleeds down. When you got a guy who has a swagger like Ja has that bleeds down, the confidence, the shit talking, all that is it's, mm-hmm. it's going straight down from Ja down to the lowest man. And like I said, man, Ja is just he's a phenomenal teammate. He's a phenomenal leader. Everyone I talk to. I was talking to someone with the organization. He said, "Man, you know what? People say what they want to say about 12. That dude is a hell of a teammate." Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? He said, "That dude is a hell of a teammate." And like I said, man, he pushes these guys. He's he's um in and, and, and for the city of Memphis to have a kid who seems like he's born here. Mark Giannato of of uh the commercial appeal, he texts me. He said, "Man, uh if 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 Ja was from Memphis, where would he be? Where would he be from? <laughs> he's, I, call, I, I claim Raleigh. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, hey, Mark, I guess, I guess you've been there long enough to know enough about Raleigh, I guess. But Ja is like mm-hmm. authentically Memphis and he's not from here. You know what I mean? And I think him being the leader that he is, having the basketball IQ he has to instilling confidence in guys. I remember when we had a uh interview with the players um during the preseason. Training camp or whatever. I said, job. I said, uh, what guys have surprised you? He's like, ain't hey, none of these guys surprised me. He said, um, uh, on draft night, when they said we got La Ravia, Roddy, Williams, uh, Kenny Chandler, uh, Kenneth Lawton, he said, I immediately started watching tape of these guys. I want to know where they like the ball. You know what I mean? I want to know where 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 are the spots on the court, how they cut. How they set picks? He said, I went and looked at all of that. He said, "I'm not." He said, I, "I knew all of their games before camp even started, like to a T. That's the type of work that that a transcending cerebral. generation yeah, cerebral mm-hmm. player. Because mm-hmm. typically, man, when you see a guy who's like Russell Westbrook, super athlete, Derrick Rose, super athlete, they don't do the little things because the the big things are so easy. You know what I mean? Yep. But Ja, a guy who was not heralded in high school. Always been super athletic, but never. Not heralded in high school, not really heralded in college to the second year. He puts in the work, man. He it, it, and someone said one time, a dangerous player is a player who is the is one of the better players in the world, but plays like he's not, but but practices and trains like he's not. When you, and that's what John Morant is, man. When you see him come out and his game has just went to a whole nother level, man. When you got a guy like that on your on your team, you're going to be phenomenal, and I think that's what we're seeing so far.
0: Yeah, and it feels like the – literally, I know it's cliche, but it feels like the sky's the limit. It it mm-hmm. feels like Memphis now, you know, even more so so than when the, the Core 4 was going. feels like Memphis got a shot to win a championship. Oh, yeah, man. You like know? nothing <laughs> –
1: the Core 4-1 was fun. We needed that. Those are the training wheels this city need. But, man, this training John Moran Moran. thing. I like the this way John you Moran. It training. it. Yeah.
0: That was training wheels.
1: This John yeah. Morant thing is crazy, bro. Like kids all over the world know who John Morant is. You know what I mean? His jersey's – Tops in the league, top 10 in the league, you know, video games with him all in the commercials for him and NBA previews all over the place. And you know he's got a shoe coming soon. You know what NBA 2K cover is coming soon. It's so another level, man. A lot of people are criticizing Stephen A. Smith about the Elvis stuff. Like, man, that ain't what Memphis is. Like, we ain't not care about no Elvis here because he's saying Memphis, y'all need to take all the Elvis stuff down and put the jaw stuff up. I will say this, man. Our city loves Ja. We can stand a little, a little overhaul. We can stand to see a lot a little bit more John stuff, you know, in the city or whatever. Um, you know, John's got that one mural downtown, but I I can stand to see a couple more dozen of those uh, throughout the city. <laughs> I I would like I would like that when you get within a certain range of the FedEx forum, you see John Morant stuff, you know, everywhere. I could I mean I get that, you know what I mean? Because, but I think it's coming though. I think it's coming for sure.
0: Because I I'm with you 100 percent because you were talking about one of the faces of the league. Mm-hmm. So it's his, his, his face, the face be, of his, city. his face should be all over Memphis. It, right, I'm, I'm he's definitely
1: becoming man. one of the faces of the league for sure.